Hello, podcast listeners. This is Charles Chandler. This week, we're up to episode number 54. We're talking about best practice for boards. It's actually a rerun of an episode we did back in September of 2016, uh, in which I interview a guest about this subject. Enjoy. Welcome to the Age of Organizational Effectiveness. This is the podcast that explores stories about organizations and their performance. I'm your host, Charles Chandler. Today we're up to episode number 35 in our podcast series, Do Boards Matter, is our topic today. I'm joined this morning by a special guest who is an expert in our topic. Janice Moore is the president of The Governance Coach, a consulting firm that specializes in coaching boards to effectively implement the policy governance system. She and her team are recognized internationally as expert in the application of this system. Over the last 22 years, the governance coach team of consultants has assisted over 500 boards to improve their governance, with particular attention to the clarity of roles between board and CEO. Good morning, Janice. How are you doing? I'm just fine, thank you. Thank great. you for having me. Excellent. Well, great to have you with us. I think you're coming to us from Calgary, Canada. Is that right? That's right. So let's get into our topic this morning. Uh, Do boards matter? What kind of organizations do you normally work with, uh, for instance, business, government, or nonprofit? Our uh, consulting team works with all kinds of boards, actually. Uh, The majority are in the nonprofit sector, uh, like large organizations like schools, colleges, healthcare, professional associations. Um, We have regulatory organizations, utilities, credit unions, co-ops trade associations, and large voluntaries. And and we also have a smaller number of uh, small business clients. If you were looking at the difference uh, in boards between business, government, and nonprofit, are there things that stand out there that make it different in terms of either regulations or the way you work with them? Well, boards that are uh, related to the government or, for example, have, uh, have most of their um, members appointed by government, such as often colleges and schools, uh, tend to have more regulations that they have to deal with. How should an organization think about the different roles, let's say, between the board and the management team? And do boards uh, really matter in this in this sense? Absolutely, they matter. Uh, and their management and board are really two completely different jobs. Uh, one way of thinking about it is that the board's job is is one step down from the owners rather than one step up from the management. Uh, if you look at the the derivation of the word governance, it comes from from the Latin term gubernari, and that in turn came from the, the Greek term kuberneo. Uh, and if you go back to ancient Greek times, the the, the kubernetes was the the person who stood next to the helmsman on a ship. And uh, said, pointed out the direction, said that's where you need to go, and then was watching for dangerous shoals. So really, that's still the job of the board to to direct and protect, if you like, to set the clear direction, provide strategic leadership, and then ensure that uh, the, the organization is properly protected. Whereas the management role is is really to achieve the direction set by the board and and do so in a manner that's ethical and prudent. So very different jobs. The main job of the board is not really to be a super manager. It's rather to set the direction on behalf of the owners. And in, uh, you know, in a 
for-profit organization, the ownership is pretty clear. It's the shareholders. In a not-for-profit organization, uh, we often use the term moral owner to to help think about you know on whose behalf is the board really governing. If if you were handing out shares, who would you give them to? So that's who the board is really there for. Yeah, on the ownership question and whether or not in business um, the shareholders own the the company, uh, we we've actually talked about this in previous podcast episodes, we came to the conclusion really that the shareholders have claim to certain residual assets of the, of the corporation, but they don't really own it per se. Uh, it's like the British say about the River Thames, nobody owns it. The corporation actually owns itself. Uh, but um, I, think, I think to some extent there's a misconception uh, by a lot of people about whether uh, in business the, the shareholders own it. Um, well, if if you look at it from a legal perspective, the the job of the board is to um, to look after the interests of the corporation. So so when you're looking at, at shareholders in a in a, a corporate setting, you have to I think make a distinction between you know if I can put it this way, the day traders who aren't really there for the good of the corporation, they're just there for for the short term benefit, and those who are really looking out after the long term interests of the corporation. And so in that sense, um, you, know, you kind of have to look at the, sh- at the ownership in, in a couple of different ways. So what is the role of the board and what should a board avoid doing? Well, in the governance system that we use to coach boards, we identify actually three unique contributions that the board makes. And these aren't things that you can delegate to management. So the first one is maintaining connection with the organization's owners, those uh, owners we were talking about just a moment ago. Uh, If the board is governing on their behalf, then it's really uh, important that the board understands what their values are and uh, what it is that they really expect from the organization and what what performance they expect to see achieved. Uh, The second is the board developing a set of broad policies. And these policies really should do four things. First, they should set the organizational direction, what what results are to be achieved, for whom, uh, what's it worth to achieve those results in terms of level of efficiency. Uh, Next, they should set parameters within which the management is then uh, able to determine the most appropriate way to achieve those results. Uh, The third thing the policy should do or the the board should do is... um, specify how it's going to delegate to the CEO and how it will hold the CEO accountable. And then uh, the last um, area of policy is describing the board's own processes, things like high-level values, um, code of conduct, committee structure, how the board's going to go about its own work. And now, then Let me just ask you about uh, values. Um, yeah, sure. Certainly values are an important aspect of running an organization. Um, and can uh, offer a lot of benefits. Um, how do you think about values in terms of the role of the board there versus management? I suggest that the board needs to be clear on what its core values are, and it uses those core values then to set the policies that would uh, would put the parameters around management. And then within that, management is certainly free to uh, further explicate those values to, you know, work with the staff team in order to make them come to life. I guess some organizations take the position that 
the value should um, basically be whatever is legal. Uh, I think Milton Friedman, who was a noted economist, used to say, you know, the main job of an organization, or a business at least, is to make as much money as possible uh, within the law. But within the law is sort of a vague thing, and that doesn't exactly put you in the very positive category of of organizations if if you're only going by what's legal. How do you think about legal versus... um, you know, the values that you need to incorporate in your processes, because certainly internal behaviors matter. We've just seen an example from, let's say, Wells Fargo, where people internally were opening accounts and credit card uh, things for customers that they didn't even know about. So values become important, and the board, and in fact management, may be operating uh, against the set of parameters that's sort of rewarding them, um, their indicators are rewarding them excessively, perhaps, for doing things that are not necessarily good for the organization overall. Very, very true. Uh, I think this is one of the areas where the board's role in protecting uh, comes into play, that, that values uh, should be deeper than simply don't do anything illegal. It really needs to look at uh, what is the organization's obligation to society in general? And, and that's where the board needs to understand uh, its, its owner's perspectives as well. You know, one thing, let's say, if, if you try to do what's best for the customer, uh, you have to not only say that and make that a, a slogan, I guess, suppose, but you have to incorporate it in your processes and you have to sort of monitor internal behaviors to be sure that that, is in fact happening. I totally agree. That that really is the the third the third role of the board, which is not just delegating and putting parameters in place, but then demanding accountability. So actually, uh, using a, a rigorous system to make sure that what has been delegated to the CEO is happening, and and that goes for for following through with with important values. So if I am a board member. Uh, how can I tell whether or not the board is effective in doing its job? Well, that's not an easy question. <laughs> I've seen a lot of boards that measure their effectiveness by asking board members if they're satisfied or if they think the board meetings are going well. And I'd suggest that's not a particularly good measure. Um, the the best measure, although admittedly not an easy one to, to come by, is whether or not the owners are satisfied that the organization is producing the benefits or values it should on their behalf. So uh, going to a not-for-profit situation, for example, so if you're a membership organization, just to take a, a simple example, you know, are the members satisfied that, that they're getting the value that they expect from this organization? If they're not, then the, the accountability really goes back to the board. So that. That, I think, is the ultimate test of board effectiveness. Well, let's say I'm the board chairman. Uh, how should I think about my role in, in governing the board or running the board um, and, and doing the kinds of things you're talking about there? Mm-hmm. Um, as a board chair, and I am one, uh, I consider myself to be the servant leader of the board. In other words, uh, my job is to ensure that the board does its job the way it said it would, the way it agreed to. So, so my role is to provide leadership to make sure the board um, obtains the kind of information it needs, for instance, to think strategically and exercise strategic foresight. 
and also to make sure that the board gets the information it needs to make sure that its policies are sufficiently robust to protect against um, undesirable risks and to make sure that the board actually is diligent in holding the CEO accountable. So those would be some of the things that the chair would provide leadership for. As the chair, I really don't have any special authority unless the board itself has delegated that to me. And I'm definitely not the CEO supervisor because the CEO is accountable to the whole board, not to me personally. I know you coach boards. Um, Mm -hmm. why, Why would a board need a coach? Well, I'll use a sports analogy. Uh, teams in every sport need a coach. The coach doesn't usually play on the team, but they understand the game and uses that understanding to help the team win. Uh, but no team really wants its coach to put together a game plan, walk into the dressing room and throw it down on the table and walk out. The, the good coach should constantly be pressing the players to move towards excellence and pointing out ways that they can improve. That doesn't mean the coach is smarter or can play the game better, but rather has a depth of experience and understanding uh, that can help the team to succeed. And boards are teams, they're no different. They need somebody from the outside to provide a game plan and the perspective that challenges them to be the very best they can be. So the game plan that we have is a complete system for the process of governing. And it's really rewarding to watch boards move. Uh, One of our clients put it pretty eloquently said we've moved from problem child to poster child. So I, I think that I, I've seen coaching works. I guess it's, uh, you know, you go in and you don't have the answers, but you have the questions at least that need to be asked. And you, you're thinking in terms of a system mm-hmm. that needs to be put in place um, and the kinds of results that would be expected from an effective uh, board. Right. So, so we see our job as really... Uh, being the process experts that uh, help the board to work through those things. Suppose you went into a new organization that you hadn't been in before. Um, how do you get started? How do you look? What do you look for when you're looking around uh, to see the telltale signs of things working or not working? We usually start by looking at the board's policies uh, and uh, records of their meetings, minutes, as well as what kind of reporting the CEO has done. And then we also would talk with uh, the CEO and the board chair, usually as a starting place. And we're really looking, first of all, for is there clarity about whose job is what? Uh, or is is the, the job unclear as to where, is the point unclear as to where the board's job stops and the CEO's job starts? Because that's often the case and often the the place where accountability falls through. If it isn't clear who's accountable, then nobody is. Well, this is a fascinating area, and and one I think we can only scratch the surface on today. Are there any areas that you'd like to just mention as we go? I I know I will be putting your website in the the show notes, but uh, are there any uh, parting words of wisdom you might want to leave us with? I would say that uh, take the board, the, the job of the board, as a very serious commitment and recognize that just because a person is an expert in whatever professional field they are, doesn't mean they're an expert at governance when they get on the board. Well, thanks very much again, Janice. And uh, it's been great. Uh, perhaps we'll have you on another time uh, to, uh, to explore these in more detail. That'd be great. 
So that about wraps up our podcast episode for today. But you can access all of our podcasts at our website, ageofoe.com. Join us again next week when we'll again explore stories about organizations and their performance. That's all for now. 